VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Listeners, let's talk about sex. S-E-X, baby, you and me, on me going down. Now, you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. If you want that, listen up right now. BlueChew.com is here, and it's ready to save your game in the bedroom. That's blue like the color, Chew.com. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. The performance is perfect. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable... They work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever opportunity arises. And, buddy, let me tell you, opportunity will arise at any moment's notice. Just last week I was at the bar talking to this girl. She had these nice long legs, and, you know, I kind of thought maybe this could lead somewhere. Luckily I had a blue chew in my pocket, performed like a stallion all night, went three, maybe four hours. I didn't time myself, but it was right around that mark. Ended up just being a sweaty mess, but thank you to Blue Chew for keeping me lasting all night. I, I came a couple of times, but that's neither here nor there. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first free shipment free when you use our special promo code ARMCHAIR. Just pay the $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code ARMCHAIR, to try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. Boys, it's Jeremy W. Miller. Neil, the rebound. Kevin Alley brings it up. Throws it across. Miller for three. Oh, he backed it in. He backed it in. And the game is tied. We're going to overtime. Over the rebound for his ninth. 18 points, 9 rebounds, 6 oh, assists from Shea. Oh, oh the chicken! Double time! Miles Turner! Yeah! Welcome to the NBA, my friend! Turner sets the screen. Oh, 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 no. oh, oh no. right Don't let him throw it down like that! Victor on the deep phone. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Born Ready to Pod Podcast. <laughs> Welcome to episode 71 of the Born Ready to Pod podcast. My name is Chris Cook. I am your co-host of the show as usual. With me here today, Eric Hawk. Hawk, Thursday night, we're recording this going into the weekend. Are you excited? Yes. Excited, especially after that win. I mean, I don't know if that's what you're asking me or if you're just asking me in general, but either way, I'm excited. I don't know who the Thursday night game tonight is. I haven't looked at all for NFL. Uh, That game is Ravens versus Jets, so nothing really intriguing there. Lamar Jackson, obviously an intriguing name, uh, but other than that, the game's going to suck. My question to you, though, we live in such a – Today society, what is that called? Just, you know, happening in the moment. We don't look back. Everybody seems to forget about Patrick Mahomes and what he did last season. Every, the spotlight this year is on Lamar Jackson. Can we ever get out of this fad where we just, you know, we're talking about one guy one year and then forget about the other guy the next? It, is that just kind of annoying? 
Um, I guess I don't really watch it as much as I used to. So for me, no, not really. I think last year it was Mahomes. He won the MVP. People called that, deservedly so. This year it's Lamar Jackson. He's going to win the MVP. If I had to put any amount of money on it, I would probably. So I, I think we're just we're into the hype beast. Whatever's hot at the moment, we're excited about. But I remember when it was Brady Manning forever. That's they didn't really didn't never really seem like they got on the hot topic then. It was always those two at the top, and that's what everyone talked about then. So it just depends. I think the way Lamar Jackson plays, obviously, is exciting. But everyone just asks, when's he going to get injured? And he hasn't got injured, and it works when he's not injured. So, you know, breaking that Michael Vick rushing record is super impressive. And it's fun to watch. I don't really – I'm not a huge Ravens guy, but they're in the AFC, and but whatever. Lamar Jackson's good. Yeah. A little off topic there, but it was just a question that came to my mind here. Uh, all right, before we get into Pacers-Celtics, the game that happened on Wednesday night, a little recap here for you since the last time we recorded – Pacers are 16-9 and nine this season, so they're still stuck in that sixth seed spot in the Eastern Conference. Uh, since we last recorded, they've played four games. They're 2-2 two and two in those games. Two wins coming against the Knicks and the Celtics. That game against the Knicks came down to the wire, as well as the win against the Celtics on Wednesday night. Two losses they had against the Detroit Pistons and the Clippers. Uh, Pistons, they just have our number this year, and we just didn't stand a chance. So there's really nothing to say there. But the Clippers game, obviously notable. Paul George back at Bankers Life Fieldhouse in Indiana. They handily beat the Pacers without Kawhi Leonard. Paul George scored 36 points at Bankers Life Fieldhouse. And there was a lot of people on Twitter who were complaining about him getting booed, and it was quite annoying. But before we get into that and your thoughts on that, I want to share a quote which I would have saved this for around the association, but I kind of wanted to go ahead and get this discussed right off the bat. So this is a preview, I guess. After the game, George said, uh, and Paul George is terrible in post-game interviews. Any type, of t- any type of time he's interviewed, any sort of way or setting, he's bad at it. But this is the quote he got uh, when asked about getting booed. He said, quote, you know someday I'll do a tell-all and tell the leading events of how I left Indiana. George said, according to Am Young Misuk of ESPN, uh, he also said, and I promise you, I'm not the one to boo. Uh, he later elaborate, elaborated that the people who deserve boos from Pacers fans were here a lot longer than I am. A lot of people have speculated that this quote was in reference to Larry Bird. So what were your thoughts on his performance, the boos, and that stupid post-game quote where he just can't keep his mouth, mouth shut? It was stupid, but wouldn't you love to just see a Paul George tell-all? Even if it was slandered on his side, it would make great content. I mean, we could bash it, or we could maybe see a different side of it. What do you, would you want to see that? I mean, yeah, I would, but I would. if, if you're going to tell-all, go ahead and tell it. I mean, what kind of ties does he still have to Larry Bird? Larry Bird's an assistant uh, advisor now to the Pacers, so it's not like he has... Any ties, really, to the Pacers organization, he's not going to come back here and play again. So, I mean, why not say something? And then when the reporter said, so, well, what what is it? He said, well, you're going to have to wait and see. So, I, if you got something to say, just say it. I feel like he would have said it by now. So, he's probably just, you know, pulling shit out of his ass to try to make this still a topic of conversation. But, I mean, the guy's... If you 
would have, let's say he would have called out like Larry Bird right there, or like Vogel. No other guy in the NBA is doing that. Not just Paul George, but I don't think anybody would do that. Because that kind of hurt. Maybe there are a couple guys, but definitely not Paul George. And I don't think it's the right place to do it necessarily either. So I can see, I don't think this is the thing to be mad at Paul George for. He was just asked a question. I mean, we, we've talked about this in nauseam. We don't really like them. I just love that these stories come out because it just feeds into it. It makes it a story every time. And if you're an NBA fan, you want the stories. You want a little bit of the drama. I mean, obviously, we got the win here. You know, what? when did we get that win here against them? Last year, yeah, suit guy, the suit guy game, which, uh, you know, will come up later if we talk about their year in review. But other than that, he's put up some big games against us when he's played us. So at least give him credit there. But, you know, it's been, what, three years now, almost three years. Who cares? I mean, it's I'm over it, but at the same time, I love the booze. I love that people still, like, you know, buy into the drama a little bit. It makes it interesting. Yeah, I would say if you go to a game, you buy a ticket to a game, you rightfully have uh, the option to boo. And if you don't want to boo, that's also kudos to you as well. But to criticize people for booing, I mean, look at Dwight Howard. He just played in Orlando the other night, and that's been seven years ago, and he's still getting booed there. I mean, it's just kind of the stuff that uh, Paul George says behind the scenes. He always has to make reference to Indiana at some point uh, in the press conference this year when he uh, went to L.A. He had to make a reference of wanting Kawhi on the Pacers when he had no input on that whatsoever. He said he wanted to be traded to the Spurs when we knew all along he wanted to go to the Lakers. So, like, it's just like he's a constant liar, and he just is terrible at talking. Like, look, the guy's a hell of a player. Uh, everybody knows that. That's why there was so much hurt from the Pacers fans when he left. Um, and like I said, like you said, we're not upset about the whole situation. The Pacers made off just fine. It's just the fact that he just continues to be an asshole. And if you want to boo him, go ahead and boo him. I don't think he's got much to say, but if he ever did, it would be interesting to talk about. But um, let me ask this: Do you think he regretted after those years in uh, Oklahoma City? Do you think he regretted, you know, requesting the trade or whatsoever the way he handled it then? Because I don't. Him and Russ might be friends or whatever, but I do not think that worked out at all. And you know, he at least made conference finals in the Pacers, and you know, we still had a relatively building team and. You know, he got pissed because we didn't include him in some off-season talks, so maybe if we would have, you know, I, do you think he he regrets leaving the way he did? Um, I, I think that the, the whole softball game, I mean, that was kind of just, if that didn't happen, it wouldn't have been as bad. But literally days before, he says, and, and I get it, you, you're in interview speak, and you're talking, and you don't want to slip up and say something dumb, but like, you're talking to fans when you're talking to a reporter as well. And when you say that you want to win a championship for the state of Indiana, people, uh, you know, are going to take that seriously and take you at your word for that. So don't say that kind of stuff. And then literally a week later say that you want to be traded. So I don't know if he regrets asking for a trade. Cause I will give him this, that roster in 16, 17 was abysmal. It was a terrible roster. Uh, Monte Ellis, I mean, your rotation guys were Karen's, Kevin Serafin. I just called him Karen. He might as well be named Karen because he was terrible. Uh, I mean, C.J. Miles was in the starting lineup. Jeff Teague was non-factor. Uh, Al Jefferson got signed to a three-year deal for like $10 million a year. He was bad. Um, yeah. 
I mean, that, that roster was completely god-awful. Aaron Brooks was the backup point guard. Most of that roster's not even in the NBA anymore, so I will give him that. That roster stunk. Uh, but he should have gave Pritchard a chance. Larry Bird uh, had made some questionable decisions his last few seasons, so I will give him that. The roster stunk. Uh, but no, I don't think he regrets it. And ultimately, he got to where he wanted to go in L.A., whichever team it was. So had he stayed in OKC a few more years, lost a few more first-round playoff exits, he probably probably would have, you know, maybe regretted the decision. But he's in L.A. now. He doesn't care. So The only reason I say it is because he keeps bringing it up. And if you keep bringing it up, I feel like it's on your mind. So that's the only way I could see it. But we can move on from the Paul George talk. Yeah. Anyways, good news for the Pacers. Wednesday night, play the Boston Celtics at home have been criticized a lot this season for not beating uh, the good teams, which they haven't really had many on their schedule. Uh, the Rockets game, they were close in. The Bucks game, I'm not going to count because that was just – they had no chance. Um, and uh, there was a couple other games as well, the Clippers game. Um, so they they have beaten talented teams. They've beaten the Nets twice. The Nets are a seventh seed in the East. They're over 500. Uh, they beat the Utah Jazz, who have underperformed, but they're also a pretty decent team. Um, so last night's win against the Celtics was pretty big. Uh, they won 122-117. to 117. Uh, Some notable things, though. Marcus Smart didn't play for the Celtics, as well as Gordon Hayward left the game in the fourth quarter with about six minutes left. Uh, he got hit in the nose by Doug McDermott. That looked pretty ouchy, I will say, after seeing the replay. Um, he is probable. Ouchy, yes. He is probable for the game against the Sixers on Thursday night. Um, but some notable points here, and then we can kind of talk about the game. Kimball Walker, 44 points in the game. Uh, but I will say fourth quarter, he did disappear, which helped the Pacers back into it. He played pretty well at the beginning. Uh, I believe the Pacers were down by like a 10 at some point in the fourth, um, and they came back to win it. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon, 29 points and eight assists. Biggest stat for him was he was 15 for 15 from the foul line. Uh, something that, you know, the Pacers have a clutch guy to throw there on the foul line in crunch time. It's not like you're going out there with George Hill and praying that he goes at least one for two because that's what he used to do. Uh, Sabonis, also another solid night, 15 points, 14 boards, and eight assists. And you can't forget about the Holiday brothers who outplayed uh, the starters. They both played, I think, over 30 minutes. Aaron finished with 18, Justin with 17 points and six boards. So what were your thoughts on that game last night? You know, it was our most impressive game, I think, just because of, you know, the way that was coached. We left Brogdon on the bench for maybe a little too long in the fourth, but, you know, the holidays were were playing well. And, you know, I think Sabonis, didn't he have a double-double at halftime again? I mean, maybe he just had like four points and three, you know, four points and four boards in the second half. Something like that, but, you know, just an awesome win. Um, obviously there's a lot of ties to Indiana, Stevens, Langford, Carson. There was a lot of like Indiana basketball fans at that game, if I had to guess. So it was a fun game. Those games against Boston always seem, you know, to be competitive and, and fun. And then they did sweep us out of the, the playoffs last year. So there's an element there too. They don't have Horford. They don't have Kyrie. It's, it's a different team with Kemba and Kemba did his best. I mean, it wasn't because of Kemba they lost, even though you, he did disappear a little bit in that fourth. He had 44 points. I mean, other guys, we just seemed to match it and, and play well. And shout out to the holidays, another staple in the holiday season. Um, anything else from that game? I can't really think 
anything else notable that happened necessarily. Yeah, I will say biggest thing was they scored 122 points and only made 10 three-pointers. So only 30 of yeah. their points were from three-point field goals, which is pretty yeah. insane. And then we just let them score at the end with the, what, like 15 seconds to go. We just let them score too, just knowing Brogdon was going to be automatic from the line. That's a good luxury to have. Interesting question mark. I feel like you just play that out. If he makes a three there to send it in overtime, you know, I don't know. Do you just give up the points? It was kind of a weird move to me, and I, I know you thought it was a little strange as well. Yeah, I, I, it didn't really make sense to me. I get it. They were hoarding the three-point line. They didn't want to give up a three, but I don't know. It makes me kind of weary. I know you trust Brogdon in that situation, but you got to remember he's not 100% at the foul line. There is a chance he could miss. Um Although he didn't, he went. Not get the inbounds, you know. Yeah, yeah, and we have issues with that as well. So a lot of different variables. I don't know. It was way too easy, but you know what? It doesn't matter. The Pacers ended up pulling it out. Malcolm Brogdon was clutch from the foul line. So had it, you know, been a different situation, and the Celtics ended up winning that game by one point, we would be on here complaining about that right now. So. It worked out. We'll let it be. We'll let it slide. But it was way too easy. Um, but now the Pacers, like I said, win against a top playoff team. Um, and Kimball Walker was just literally getting whatever he wanted uh, there for a stretch. Um, I mean, scoring at will, making Brogdon on the defense just look like a complete fool. And there wasn't really he, much he could do about it because when Kimba gets going, no one can really defend him. Um, and... You know, to have that win and you're still the sixth seed, but now you look at it from this perspective that you're only a half game out now behind the Raptors who are at the fifth spot. I think the Raptors, uh, they might have hit their ceiling there at the beginning of the year um, and they're kind of, you know, leveling back to where they should be. I think they're a talented roster. They're a playoff team, but I think the Pacers are better than they are. Um, so half game behind Toronto there in the East. And then also now they're just two and a half games out of second place. So um, not far back behind the competition. Everything in that two through six looks pretty close. Um, so, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, would you be shocked to see another fifth seed from this team this year? Uh, no, not at all. Uh, I, I tend to want to avoid those games because you're in a better matchup, but you know, that's kind of shaking out where it is. And once you hit the halfway of the point, you kind of know where everyone's going. I think we were the three seed last year at the halfway point, and we slid all the way back to five. So there's still a lot of season to go. You never know. I mean, I'm looking at our schedule right now, Hawks, Hornets, and then we got Lakers, Kings, Bucks, Raptors. You know, we could be, you know, 500 in this next week or two and, you know, still be in that spot. So definitely could see it, but you just never know. Yeah. And uh, speaking of the upcoming schedule, like you just said, play the Hawks Friday night, 7.30. Hawks are currently 6-19. and 19. Um, The only thing they have going for them is Trey Young. Uh, John Collins still serving that suspension, although it's got to be coming due here soon. Uh, the Hawks, interesting little stat here. They've lost 13 out of their last 15 games. Um Ugh. That is just abysmal. I would hate to be a Hawks fan right now. Um, Sunday, they play the Hornets. Hornets have exceeded expectations. I was one to shit on them at the beginning of the year, uh, saying how bad their roster was. But they are 11-16. and 16. Um, I don't think they're going to be a playoff team, but they're probably going to be you know one of those 10 th- 9 through you know 12 seed 
uh, in the East when it's all said and done. Uh, they'll play you hard every night, and the main reason for that is because Devontae Graham is just very good at basketball. Um, scored 40 points the other night and had to go the pretty much the uh, bucket to seal the deal against the Nets to win in Brooklyn. So they win games they're not supposed to. They've beaten the Pacers already once this year, so you can't take them lightly, although they did shoot way more many free throws than we did in that game. Uh, but they have proven that they can beat the Pacers, and Graham, once he gets going, it's hard to stop him. And then obviously next Tuesday, probably one of the biggest games of the year, the Lakers come to town. 22-3 and three this season. Um, they play there at Banker's Life Tuesday night. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of Lakers fans in the crowd for that game. So uh, big three games coming up the Pacers. I definitely can see them going 2-1. and one. Uh, That Lakers game will be tough on Tuesday. I don't know how they're going to fare in that matchup, but... What are you looking for these next three games, uh, you know, before our next recording from the Pacers? What do you want to see matchups you're looking forward to? Anything like that uh, from these next three matchups? You know, playing the Hawks isn't going to be easy on the on the road just because of Trey Young. So, and then the Hornets, they already beat us once, you know, so coming back home, that's hopefully you get the win. It's a 5 p.m. start, you know, and then the Lakers, I don't. I don't think we're going to beat the Lakers, but you just never know with, you know, rest and they're on the road, yada, yada, yada. They're on a West Coast tour, but they look unstoppable, them in the Bucks. So that's, I'm going to chalk that up as a loss, you know, 90% of the time. So two and one would be nice. Keep this little streak going. I think we're, what, nine and three in our last 12. So if we keep that going, we, we're going to go up in the rankings, I think, at the end of the day. That's what we're talking about. So these two, two and one here would be nice. And then you get a Kings team that's, you know, around 500 now, playing better, you know, to start another tough week. But, you know, 2-1 and one would be okay. Yeah. And speaking of Lakers game at home, uh, we'll wrap up later uh, the episode with Round the Association talking about the top 10 moments from your blog that's coming out. So that's going to be something we can talk about is the last time the Lakers played in Indy, which was an amazing feat. But we'll get back to that uh, a little bit later in the show. Um, last order of business here before we get into around the association, uh, two little tidbits. Um, number one, both of these, uh, pieces of news actually are on Victor Oladipo, but number one, it came out last night that he was confirmed as the thingamajig on the masked singer show. I didn't watch one minute of that show. It just looks really bad. Uh, I did, I did watch the clips online and you know, he did a good job, but I wouldn't watch the show. It's just, you know, it's not for me. Uh, but he ended up finishing top five, uh, beating out some other, you know, people who actually sing for a profession. Um, so I'm going to ask you your thoughts on that. But I'm also going to ask your thoughts on the fact that news came out from McMillan that said he doesn't foresee Oladipo playing in the near future. So in the near future could be anything, could be a week, could be two weeks, could be three months. But... What were your thoughts on both of those things? Near future to me means at least December. I don't think it's any reason to panic, but near future is better than saying a month, two months. You know, you can you buy yourself a little more time than putting a date on it. So I expect him to have a different tune in January. Maybe they'll actually have a date. Maybe that's the plan. We're gonna, you know, we'll wait for a year to the day of the injury. I think it was in January. And then we'll see where we are and put a timetable on then. That's what I'm hoping for. But, you know, that's kind of what we're all hoping for. As far as The Masked Singer, I also have never watched a second. I don't really watch a lot of network TV. I just don't. 
Um, I definitely seen the clips. They're they're pretty funny. They were talking about it on the jump today, and uh, they said he should have won. A lot of people, so you know, I, I I'm gonna have to take their side. He definitely should have won, but you know, he's if you've listened to Oladipo's music, it's a, it's a certain kind of R and B, you know, kind of bedroom music is what I like to call it, and he, he seems like the kind of guy that's real into that. So let him do his thing, whatever. Uh, it's not for me necessarily, but I, I do love Oladipo. Yeah, and speaking of, he's not traveling to uh, Atlanta for the Hawks game. Scott Agnes, our boy from the Athletic Report, id that uh, he's going to L.A. this weekend for a like a roundup interview special type of thing for that. So he's going to get together with all those people that were on the show. So he won't be in Atlanta. Anybody he- mad that he's doing that? No, I don't think so. Um, he doesn't usually travel for road games. So, I mean, if it was the fact that he came back on Sunday after he did that press tour, then maybe that's something that, you know, somebody would be mad about. But if he's not close, he's been practicing. Uh, It's not that big of a deal, I don't think. Um, And the Pacers are certainly not going to get mad at him because his contract's coming up uh, after next season and they want to re-sign him. So they won't give him shit for that. Um, So... Yeah, Oladipo, Mass Singer, we already knew that. You just mentioned the jump, so before I finish this, you had some interesting tidbits from watching that, and I believe No Neck is in reference to Brian Windhorst. So um, what, what, what did they say on there exactly about uh, small market teams complaining about uh, coverage? Well, No Neck is a term famously phrased by Draymond Green when they were going at it in their Twitter beef, the great No Neck Twitter beef battle of 2018 we all remember. But, you know, they started the show today. Rachel Nichols wasn't there. Can't remember the co-host's name. I don't care enough. But, you know, about that time of day, I usually sit down, and I was writing uh, the, the recap year and review blog, and it was on, so I turned it on. And they just started the show in this dramatic fashion, like criticizing people who criticized them for never covering small market teams, yada, yada, yada. It was It was kind of a sad effort to make a joke. You know, in reality, they don't cover small market teams at all. No one really expects them to. It doesn't move the needle as much. You get more viewership in those certain areas, yada, yada, yada. I get it. But, you know, just kind of the audacity rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. But they were talking, and then they opened the show with the Pacers win over the Celtics. And then, you know, Scottie Pippen gave his two cents. And they all seemed to kind of have, you know, similar sentiment to us that, you know, they're gonna they're a good team. They've clearly made some good moves. And, you know, the sky's kind of the limit when Oladipo comes back. But we got to see it first. No one really knows. So I kind of agreed with them for the most part, but you know, just the way they opened it talking about small market teams was comical to me. Was it Zach Lowe? No, it was not Zach Lowe. Yeah. That guy sucks. I know that you're a big Zach Lowe fan. That guy sucks. Um, all right. Well, that's going to wrap up here. Uh, first part of this seg or first part of the show here, rather, uh, recap Celtics game, big win, upcoming schedule, uh, Hawks, Hornets, Lakers, hopefully, uh, at least two and one be great to go three and zero and beat the Lakers again, um, and then obviously Oladipo is the masked singer. So that'll wrap that up. And after this quick ad read, we are going to go into everybody's favorite around the association coming up here just after this. Attention, past, present, and future my bookie players for this week only. MyBookie is offering a risk-free bet on the Bears-Lions game. Simply choose 
a team against the spread for up to $250. If you win, congratulations. You've got extra holiday spending money. If you lose, congratulations to you as well. My bookie will give you all of your money back. It's an a no-brainer because you literally cannot lose. It's no risk, all gravy. It doesn't matter whether you're an experienced player or a first-time customer. My bookie welcomes all to come play. So quit waiting around and sign up today. Do you find yourself wanting to sports bet but have lots of questions? Don't sweat it. My bookie's patient customer service team can walk you through the process. And the best part is, if you join now, you'll still have one last shot to take advantage of their incredible sign-up offer. Just log on to mybookie.ag and make your first deposit with promo code CHAIR. That's C-H-A-I-R, CHAIR. And MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar to jumpstart your bankroll. And that's on top of the risk-free bet. Let me repeat, that's guaranteed deposit match and risk-free bet for this week only. So if you're a true football fan, you do not want to let this opportunity pass you by. You simply cannot lose. Make sure you do your part to support your team this season. Hop on the gravy train and get in on the action with my bookie. You play, you win, you get paid. It's time for um, the association presented by Born Ready to Buy. Oh, I was really hoping for a laugh there. <laughs> Usually give the evil laugh. Yeah, I didn't have it today. <laughs> All right, first topic here. The New York Knicks fired head coach David Fisdale last Friday after two blowout losses in a row. Fisdale went 21-83 and in his time as the Knicks head coach. The Knicks have since then named assistant coach Mike Miller, don't get him confused with the former player Mike Miller, uh, as the interim head coach. Was Fisdale dealt a fair hand with the Knicks, or was he simply just the scapegoat? Uh, A little bit of both. I don't think he was dealt a fair hand. Nobody would argue that. But this is his second time as a head coach that has failed pretty rather quickly, and you know, for all the hype he got, I think he was a coach on the Miami Heat staff when they were really good, and he's a big LeBron guy, and you know he had all these nice things people said about him, but he definitely wasn't dealt a fair hand at the same time. I mean, all the power forwards they signed blew up in their face. R.J. Barrett seems like he's going to be okay, but you know he's not going to you know turn the franchise around in his first year, probably not in his first contract either. So. Putting the pieces around them, they just completely fumbled that. But, you know, they still got got, you know, they really just don't get the superstar attention that they think they deserve. And it's it's clearly from ownership being a problem. There's a clip going around of Kevin Durant talking about the Knicks and how dysfunctional they are. You know, so that's how they are viewed from fans and the superstars of the NBA. Never a good combination. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, I think definitely not dealt a fair hand. Uh, the guys actually running the team from the owner to uh, the president of basketball operations, GM, whatever, especially the owner. They have no idea what they're doing. Uh, Fizdale, from right from the start, he just wasn't set up to uh, you know, have a chance. But I also kind of think he might be a little overrated by some as a good head coach. I think he might be a better assistant coach. 
Um, he had the chance in Memphis. I know he did take it, that team to the playoffs. They lost in the first round. Um, so he might be a decent head coach, uh, but like you said, he's had two opportunities. This one, I don't know. I mean, it just not really fair. Uh, their biggest signing was Julius Randle, and look at how that's worked out for him. Uh, he's going to be making a lot of money. Um, Knicks fans probably really regret that contract. Um, and all the power forwards, I mean, just have whiffed on draft picks. The Porzingis trade, Dennis Smith Jr. hasn't panned out. I mean, the team is just ran by a bunch of morons, um, and hopefully they get Masai from uh, the Toronto Raptors. That's really their only chance is if he leaves the Raptors and goes and runs the Knicks. I mean, this this franchise sucks. They stink, um, and Fisdale also as well sucks and stinks. So that's – Biggest franchise that's never actually been good, or like at least in like the last what three decades. I mean, they have to be. I mean, the Cowboys have underachieved, but I mean, they had their run in the '90s. I guess the Knicks did too, but not as good as as the Cowboys, obviously. But yeah. Cowboys have been mediocre, so I'd probably say they're really the only ones. I mean, I'm looking at like L.A. I mean, the Bulls since the Michael Jordan days, they haven't been very good, but probably not as big. Um, I don't know. Uh, I'd probably – they definitely are number one. And off the top of my head, I'd, I'd probably put the Cowboys right next to them. But. Yeah. All right. Uh, Kawhi Leonard returned to Toronto on Wednesday night to receive his NBA championship ring and his only appearance to Toronto this season. Leonard was greeted with MVP chants from the crowd as the Clippers went on to uh, defeat the Raptors 122-92. to Ouch. How pissed off do you think DeMar DeRozan is? <laughs> well, that's a good point. And he, he probably has been slided. And, but he gets an ovation when he goes back there, too. The fans like him. But, you know, just seeing... I don't think there's any argument there. They needed Kawhi. Kawhi was the guy. It worked out for them. He's definitely probably bitter about the whole situation, but, you know, it was a ballsy move by Masai, and it worked. Yeah, and I, I saw people were putting on Twitter, Toronto fans better not boo Kawhi. And I'm like, well, duh, they're not going to boo Kawhi. The man won him a championship. Like, yeah. that doesn't even equate to a player wanting out of an organization and they haven't won anything. If Victor Oladipo won us a ring and then left the next year, all right, buddy, have at it. I got my one championship and I'm fine. Like, yeah. I don't know. Exactly. So anyways, that's my two cents. Nothing really to talk about there, but it is a topic. And I kind of just, that was the question that came to mind was about DeRozan. So anyways, uh, next one up here, a uh, little fun fact as well. As some trivia for you. Uh, 42-year-old Vince Carter and the Atlanta Hawks fade off, faced off against the Miami Heat on Tuesday night. Uh, best part of that was the Hawks took like a four point lead with like six minutes left and Trey young did the it's over chant or whatever. And they ended up getting their asses kicked. So that was pretty funny. Anyways, that's not the uh, subject here. Anyways, uh, the game was Carter's 1500th, uh, game in the NBA. He's now fifth all time on, uh, games played list. Can you name the four guys above him? No, not a chance, but, Let's try. Is uh, Kareem on there? Kareem is on there. He's number two with 1,560 games played. Is Carl Malone on there? No, but Carl Malone's teammate is. John Stockton? 
John Stockton is fifth, or excuse me, he's fourth on the list, 1,504, so Carter will pass him. Okay, Udonis Haslam? No. Damn. Uh, I'm the, guessing. One of the guys just retired in the last year. Just retired. Dwayne Wade? Uh, Dirk. No, Dirk, yes. Dirk is number uh, three. 1,522. You probably won't get number one. Number one is Robert Parrish. 1,611 games. But how many games leave behind Parrish? Uh, 111, so no chance there. Um, and he probably is not going to get ahead of Jabbar, so it looks like he's going to finish three ahead of Nowitzki and Stockton as long as he can stay healthy. Yeah. All right, next one. Uh, in an interview with CNBC, Patrick Reich, I think that's how you pronounce it, director of the sports business program at Washington University in St. Louis, said that the NBA should go beyond cutting to uh, the proposed 78 games with the belief that 68 contests could help the NBA's current ratings and load management issues. Uh, he said, quote, one of the reasons NFL ratings are so high is because of the scarcity Yes, you're going to have to make up revenue somewhere, and it probably will be made up uh, made up of higher media rights, higher ticket prices, high corporate partnership rates. But I believe the ratings per game would be higher, and it would help justify higher uh, rights fees, higher partnership rates, because there's more scarcity. Scarcity, however you want to say it. <laughs> Sorry, you got like a whole thing to say here. I don't know what I'm doing. Scarcity, whatever, same thing. You guys catch the drift. Anyways, it will result would result in higher ticket prices. So would you be down for that? Do you think that sounds like a good plan for the NBA? Four games doesn't seem dumb. That's dumb. This is a guy, just a business guy. Obviously, if there's less, the demand's going to be higher. Obviously, he's looking at it from a business perspective. I, to me, it doesn't matter. I'm going to watch the games. The NBA's not going anywhere. The salary cap's the best it's ever been. The best players in the NBA are still going. If I want to watch, I'm going to watch. I'm selfish. I don't care if the ratings are down a little bit. You know, they're still going to ramp up around the postseason. It's going to be a great postseason. Everyone thinks that. So I don't care. I don't want higher prices. Like, you know, a small market team like we have, you know, we get pretty fair prices, but I still think our prices are higher. You know, our attendance is higher than a lot of the other small markets. You're still going to pay a decent amount of money for good seats. So to me, it's fine where it is. I don't care about you know, the viewership down a little bit. Yeah. I thought it was interesting, but 14 games really doesn't do much. I mean, the, yeah. the, the NFL is, you know, 16 games and you know, you, you're not, you know, I mean, it just doesn't make much sense to me. Uh, and Pacers fees at this point, like I was just looking at ticket prices for a game this week and like $10 minimum is like the price. So, I mean, you can't beat that. Um, yeah, I was thinking about, I think, the mid-season tournament that they've been talking, we talked about it before. The more I think about it, the more I kind of like it, you know. It gives the outsider a little bit. You know, these guys obviously aren't going to play. It doesn't mean anything, but it's something to watch. Maybe give it some kind of incentive. Maybe change up a little, make it more interesting somehow. I think that's the way, you know, to do it if they were serious about the ratings. But, yeah. you know, that's just me being selfish. I think that would be cool. I've changed my tune on that. Yeah. I don't know where I'm at on that. I do like the seven, eight, nine, ten playing uh, for the last two seeds. I do like that, but I don't know where I'm at with the tournament. I'll just have to listen and hear more about that. 
Um, all right, last one here, and then we'll get into the blog. Feel-good news story of the day. Detroit Pistons center Andre Drummond wanted to lose weight in the offseason. He started doing this by doing yoga, intermittent fasting, and by tweaking his diet. The biggest change you might ask, Drummond began drinking one beer every day, which was recommended by his personal chef. Drummond, uh, prior to this, absolutely hated beer drinking uh, prior to the recommendation, but made the beer drinking uh, part of his daily ritual and routine in the offseason. What are your thoughts on this? Does this give you any hope that maybe one day we could ourselves be healthy as an NBA star? I don't – just one a day. I mean, you know, he's probably drinking a 12-ounce can or a bottle. doesn't do much. I don't know. That doesn't even make sense to me. It seems like <laughs> when I see Drummond play, he doesn't look like he's lost any weight. He just looks like he dominates our bigs like always. So I think his – I think his trainer selling him some snake oil or – you know, a bag of goods on that one. Yeah. Uh, I mean, not a bad recommendation. I'm not a type of guy that just likes to have one beer. No. You know, I got to have like at least three or four is like the minimum. Like if I'm going to have one, it doesn't really make much sense to me unless I've had like a really rough day or something. And it's, uh, but I don't go home during the week and have one beer. So, you know, yeah. if you're going to do it, Drummond, it, it's a cool story. It's funny, funny story. But like, if you're going to do it, go all out, have a six pack for lunch. And then go pl- go play in a game, you know, seven hours later. If you're going to be for real about this thing, at least commit to it. So th- that's all I got to say. Anyways, uh, last topic here before we finish up the show, and I'll let you take the reins on this one. Blog post, you're in review. I don't know how you want to handle this, but uh, you take it over, and I will chime in when need be. Yeah, so I did the – the title of the blog is the 10 best moments of the 2019 Pacers and born ready to pod. And, you know, I've looked through my camera roll cause I have a lot of moments documented and like screenshots and stuff. So there is a couple additions I'm going to add right now that we'll call them honorable mentions, number 11 and number 12. And those would be, you know, I didn't find room for Bojan's return on there. So we got to put that, you know, as a, one of our best wins of the year this year and, for the new season, I think it deserves to at least be an honorable mention. Bojan coming back, and, you know, we beat the Jazz. That was an awesome win. And then the other one is the Bat game, when the Bats were taking over uh, Banker's life. That needs to be mentioned as well for the for the year review. Thoughts on those? Yeah, I completely forgot about the Bat game. Um, so, Bojan game we had talked about. Um, good win for the Pacers. Uh, him coming back. Uh, feel good. Uh, new story, um, and then the bat game, obviously, very big storyline. Lots of bats in NBA arenas, and then it happened to be in Indiana, which was pretty cool. So I completely forgot about that one. Yeah, so that definitely needs to make the honorable mention. Number 10, I put the Oladipo game winner against Boston. And, you know, if you're a big year history buff, you'll realize that this was in 2018. And, you know, we made the executive decision to put this on the list anyway. We didn't have a year re- blog recapping last year. This was Old Depot's finest moment, you know, a game winner, the My City, everything about it. So deserved to be on the list. Thoughts about that? Yeah, uh, executive decision. We can do whatever we want. If something was in 2015, we could have put it on the list if we wanted to. So yeah. it's our blog. We can do whatever we want. But, um, you know, you'll have those people who question it and wanted reasoning as to why. So that's why we got to put yeah. that in there. But, yeah, ultimate play big play he broke it down in the game uh 
when he when the Celtics played uh, Wednesday night. So he broke did a little thing where he broke down the play. So definitely, you know, you were at the game, great experience, and watching it on my TV, getting up to celebrate that was that was an awesome moment. Yeah, for sure. Number nine, a night on the toilet, glowing live from the ten roof bathroom. This was uh, after the game three loss in the playoffs against the Celtics. You know, I, I was feeling down. We, we seemed to be in the game. We were up at halftime. They scored 41 in the first quarter. You know, and I just remember everyone on the Celtics just, you know, having a steady game and slowly killing us. So I immediately grabbed my phone, went to 10 Roof, and, and just recapped the game live. And I know this was one of your favorite moments, and you even made it a case that it should be number one. I did not put it at number one because it was – you know, involved in a loss. Any thoughts on this? Yeah, it was an all-time moment. Um, I was uh, I was with Jake, and we were going to a bachelor party that night. So I was watching some of the game on my phone on the drive, and then we got to a bar slash restaurant, and the game was on. So we watched the rest of it there. Um, Pacers ended up blowing it, and we go back to our hotel room, um, and we go to sleep because the bachelor party's the next day, just getting ready for it. And we wake up Saturday morning, uh, you know, and first thing we do, obviously one of the first things you do when you wake up, you get on social media. And uh, I can't remember who found it first, but we were like, what is this? And just a three or four minute video, just complete awesomeness. Uh, You were out of your mind. You had no idea what was going on. Um, Just in a toilet. And uh, I think, I don't know if you mentioned you were on the big screen chugging uh, beer in that game. So, so that led to it. And one thing led to the other, you were on a toilet, but we've all been there. Uh, we've all had moments we can't remember or that, you know, we regret that's personally not one you regret because that was a great moment, but uh, you know, it was an all time moment. And for me personally, I probably would have put it as number one. If I was doing the blog, uh, the facial expressions you made were, were great. <laughs> and what would have made it even better is if you were actually taking a shit during it, that would have been the all timer, but unfortunately, no, I was not shitting. I, I promise you yeah. on that. Um, number eight, the Christinary floss, um, the Christinary viral moment of the year. I don't remember. I think it happened in a game we lost, so we didn't really use it. But we used it a couple games later when we won, and that's that's when we just fell in love with the Nary Floss. He really goes for it. And I, I put a little quote here. This was better than any you know, child I've seen on a Jumbotron stadium in the last two years, the way he just went for it. So very impressive. Yeah. Ultimate dad move of the year. Um, that's just you – know, you know by his dance moves that Chris Denary is a dad. And uh, it, it, you got people on Twitter who are calling him out saying it's – you know, it's cringeworthy to watch, but, I mean, I just think it's art. So, definitely on the top list. Yeah, art is very abstract. Not everyone gets it. Number seven, beating the Lakers and getting stood up by Lance Stevenson. So, this was, you know, this could have been way higher, but, you know, it kind of fit with the flow of the blog. This goes into uh, Hooters night. So, we can talk about both those Hooters experiences. You know, for me, just, you know, seeing that tweet go, you know, around Pacers Twitter about Lance going to – Hooters after I think I can't remember who we made like the definite we gotta go I can't even remember like who drove all I remember was like we're going to see Lance Stevenson out of Hooters and just who knows what's gonna happen we had to be there you know we named the podcast after him in memoriam you know he's he's tearing up China but I just remember that specifically was awesome and then Hooters night I think it was the next month was 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 also a good time yeah, um, I remember being hesitant because it was on. A, it was a weeknight game, and 
Uh, you know, got to work the next day, so I was hesitant to make the drive down there. And I think you drove uh, drove us there. And, you know, we got to Hooters pretty early, 6 o'clock, whatever it was. Um, and we got a pretty good seat, and we were ready to go. I mean, there wasn't many people there when we got there. Obviously, after the game, lots of people showed up. And then um, we got news that somehow we got news. I think it was from Scott Agnes. He had sent us a direct message because he knew we were there and said he wasn't coming. Yeah. So that was very unfortunate. We did end up being quoted in his article uh, in The Athletic, which was pretty neat. So we were a source because we were there. Um, But, yeah, it was was actually, you know, he didn't come – and that was unfortunate, but it was one of my favorite nights of the year because the Pacers just completely blew the Lakers out, um, and we had a good time. Yeah, and that famous picture of LeBron sitting on the end of the bench came out of that too. So also a big moment for the NBA. Yeah, and if you're if you wanted to mention the other one as well, in this one, uh, we ended up making an actual Hooters night from this game. So we did it again on a Sunday against the Denver Nuggets. 2-0 and in Hooters nights. We're going to have to come up with another one this year. Um, but, uh, you know, we had some guys show up that followed the podcast um, and also some family and friends who came. And it was a great time. Had some tables there and uh, watched the Pacers defeat the Nuggets. So shout out to everybody who went. And uh, if we do it again this year, make sure you come. Number five, drafting Goga Batadze followed by the reaction. So, we got our live reaction up of, of what we thought of the Goga pick, and in the moment we were all confused. If you rewatch the clip, literally, like no one even says Goga Batadze, and guys, we won't. We were all just dead set on the Seer Little, and that did not happen. We got Goga, and you know, I talk a little bit about how his minutes have been restricted, but I'm still a Goga fan at this point, so only time will tell. Yeah, um, I, I rewatched the clip today, and then. Uh, Jeremy W. Miller, the interview with him. I mean, it's just, it's podcast gold. Um, Jeremy's always got something funny to say. was this week's game, beating the Celtics despite Kemba's 44. There wasn't a lot of good moments from this year. You know, we've kind of beat the teams we should, lost the teams, you know, that maybe we shouldn't or we should lose to. It depends on how you look at it. But, you know, this was our biggest win of the year, I think. You know, they they were fully healthy. And uh, even Kemba had 44 when we came in a win. Brogdon, you know, put up a steady performance. So I put that at number four. Maybe it could have been a little lower. Maybe I could have had the Jazz game there instead. But, you know, I just decided to do that. Yeah, big win. Um, It's your rankings. Do what you do. Recency bias for sure. Number three, the 2019 offseason from Ricky Rubio to Malcolm Brogdon. This was was, uh, to start the offseason this last year. Everyone expected us to go for Rubio. You know, in like the matter of five minutes, we got Jeremy Lamb, Ricky Rubio going to the Suns, and then Malcolm Brogdon signing a trade. And we got it all live. And that was an awesome night. Uh, couldn't even expect what Brogdon's done this year then, you know, but I was very hopeful. And, you know, it's been great so far. Yeah, for sure. That was uh, one of my favorites. Probably definitely top three moment of the year. The reaction was hilarious going from Rubio to Lamb then to Brockton. Um, the tweet is in the – of the video audio, I mean, is in the blog. So make sure you check that out because it's pretty funny. Yeah, and then we got overtime Oladipo magic in Chicago. This was, I think, the first game of 2019, if I remember right. Uh, Zach Levine hit a huge three with Oladipo right in his face to send it into overtime. And then 
I think Oladipo had seven points in the last minute and a half and then an assist as well. Just took over, hit the bank to win it. Awesome game. Makes me miss him a lot. Uh, do you remember that game at all? Yeah, the bank in, and uh, that was a great game to watch. Him and Levine went like back and forth for God knows how long, um, and you were on the edge of your seat the entire time. Um, and it just makes me excited. Maybe not this year he'll come back and play that way, but at some point, you know, we'll have a closer back, and that that makes me very excited. Yeah, the number one. It's uh, it's got to be the only one thing. It's it's suit guy. You know, the Paul George return game, Wethley Matthews hitting that game winner, you know, running up, getting the rebound, putting it in, and just, you know, the birth of Sue Guy, the creation of, of Chad himself. Any thoughts on Sue Guy? Oh, Suit Guy, I mean, he just, he's a hell of a guy. I mean, I still get random texts from him, um, and, you know, he's just complaining about the game, giving his thoughts. Um, and a star was born that night. Um, Pacers Twitter. <laughs> Pacers Twitter loves Suit Guy. Every time we tweet about him, you can guarantee it's going to be spread over the interwebs. They love Suit Guy. They crave Suit Guy content. Um, I'll get a little more into Suit Guy in just a second, but that was a game. Uh, beating the Thunder, Paul George on the Thunder then. Great win. The Pacers were getting their ass kicked. And to come back and win that game on that type of shot to defeat Paul George at Banker's Life. What a win. Um, and Suit Guy was definitely part of that. And... I hear a rumor. Um, I hear a, a good rumor. I've talked to suit suit guy in the last week uh, through text. Um, I know that was kind of a you know I'm kind of talking myself up there a bit that I text with suit guy on the regular. Jesus, um, it's a humble brag, but anyways, uh, he will be at the game Sunday against the Charlotte Hornets. Oh shit! Take that to the bank. So, I'm gonna put everything I have just on Pacers money line. That's easy, Bunny. Yeah, I, I don't and know. A, a little little tribute to Suit Guy here. This is what I wrote: A man in a suit, not just any man, but a guy, a suit guy, a guy willing to put on a suit and spend a little money to get the good seats, but still remember who he is at a core. So that's just a little something for Suit Guy there, and you know it gets me almost emotional reading it. Yeah, I, I have tears in my eyes. You know that was just a great night. You know we've had him on the podcast. We had an interview the week after. Uh, he's been on the podcast a couple times, um, so still involved. And you know that game Sunday, like Hawk said, put everything you own on the Pacers in that game. They're going to be favored, so you're going to have to put a lot to win a little. But put it all down. It's a guaranteed victory. Hornets game, Hornets at the Fieldhouse, suit guy in action. Uh, Pacers are definitely going to win that one. Agreed. Yeah. So anything else from the blog? That concludes it. You know, there, I might have forgot some things. You know, I've just been reading box scores today, trying to jog memories, going through old pictures, timelines. Just Those are the ones that stand out. I don't think I've missed a big moment. We didn't really have any playoff success. I got the off-season stuff, you know, the big games from this year. You know, there might be some games I missed last season, but, you know, I think it's a pretty good list all around if I had to tap myself on the back. Yeah, I mean, after the Oladipo injury in January, it was it was hard to have good moments, and, you know, the off-season provided some good moments. Playoffs, obviously, there was nothing there. So I, I, think, I don't think we missed anything, but surely – There'll be some guy in the mentions who, you know, there was some stupid event that he thought was cool and he'll want to argue about it with us. So Yeah, that third game against the Magic, man. You didn't get that Young's layup. Yeah. 
it'll definitely be something like that. Uh, you know, people like to debate over stupid things, but we're here for it. So, all right, that's going to wrap up this episode, episode 71 of the Born Ready to Pod podcast. We appreciate you guys listening. Uh, big games coming up this week for the Pacers. Hawks Friday night, Hornets on Sunday, Lakers on Tuesday. Um, so we will be back uh, later next week to recap those and look ahead. Um, but have a good weekend and appreciate you guys listening. Go Pacers. Go Pacers.